Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Objective. Looks like another solo episode by yours truly today. Uh, we need your support. Please leave a like and uh, super chat your thoughts and questions ASAP to support the network and to keep the uh, information and opinion flowing. So Elon Musk has officially bought Twitter, as I understand it. He's entered the headquarters holding a big sink in his hand saying, I'm entering Twitter. Let that sink in. That's clever. Uh, yeah, Elon Musk is a funny guy. Uh, you know, I paraphrase uh, the conservative commentator Ben Shapiro. He once said, dear conservatives, live by the Kanye, die by the Kanye. <laughs> Talk about uh, the last of the Jewish prophets. Am I right? And uh, I've long said the same thing about uh, Elon Musk. You know, you think you know this guy, like you think he's your guy. He's your guy now, you know. 10 years ago, he was an environmentalist kook getting subsidized by the government, as you might have categorized him controversially. controversially. Um, but, um, you know, he was always a very mixed bag is the point I'm saying. Today, he's seen as this anti-social justice, you know, anti-leftist uh, hero to some. And um, you don't really know where, he, where history is taking us with this. Um, but uh, now, now that he bought Twitter, people think, oh, finally, happy days are here, right? Like no more uh, shadow banning, no more banning anybody, no more censorship, no more this. Like everything's going to be great from now on. They're like uh, Obama fans back when Obama was first running for president. There were these people at his rallies telling interviewers like, this is amazing. I'm never going to need to pay my bills again if he wins. Like I'm just life is going to be utopia. Yeah, I mean, uh, you got to sort of ask yourself, how did Twitter get here in the first place? Was Twitter not in the first place sort of the alternative news? Like, was it not like the alternative to the mainstream media? Twitter was a place where everyone can have a voice. And I, I guess people would say, yeah, but the left took over it. Or, uh, you know, the Silicon Valley people, they're, you know, dedicated leftists. I would say uh, the evidence suggests, the evidence clearly shows that people in Silicon Valley, for the most part, they do want to have a uh, dialogue. They do want to let Republicans or conservatives have a voice. And as you can see, people like ben, the aforementioned Ben Shapiro and many others flourish on social media. They get ungodly views and make ungodly money using social media. But what do you do when some of the most unsavory elements of society begin to become part of this conservative tent? So someone like Alex Jones, listen, I know people are going to get triggered. Like, what, what did Alex Jones ever do wrong? Everything he ever said came true. That's when this is the way conservatives are speaking. Are, are they not basically uh, casting themselves out of polite society? Like, are they not making it impossible for social media to give them a place when that's what they're like? That's who they're associating with. And that's what they're saying. Everything Alex Jones said was true. You know, if you needed to, if, if I gave you an, uh, a, a an exercise and said, if you gave me an exercise and you said, have somebody do something that nobody would be able to defend, you know, like have somebody behave in a way so such that so that as many people as possible want nothing to do with this person, what would you have the person do? I think I would say, have the person do something that upsets the families of Sandy Hook. That would probably be the number one thing. I think that would that casts you uh, in, out in society even more than like, I don't know, 9-11 families. Basically, it's the Sandy Hook shooting is like the most horrific thing 
in recent history, maybe ever. Just the most horrific thing that people just cannot uh, grapple with. They can't even grasp how how horrific it is. And so, if you had to basically have uh, tell someone do do one thing that's going to make as many people hate you as possible, I would say, well, the thing to do then is to upset the families of those children, to upset those grieving parents. And then, of course, Alex Jones, being the unhinged moron that he is, did exactly that. And now he's like a right wing sweetheart, like Steven Crowder had Alex Jones on immediately after the verdict. And for the last several years, um, this is seen as, you know, the left versus free speech. So Alex Jones is on the right. And then anyone who who wants him boycotted, anyone who wants him removed from social media or from any anything anywhere, anyone that doesn't want Alex Jones uh, to be treated like a normal member of society, but would rather see him outcast is on the left. And there is an industry. There is just a booming industry of people crying censorship and just constantly saying the left is here. The left is doing this. The left, the left, the left, right? The left is grooming children. Now, some of the stuff that uh, we're hearing about that take place in classrooms are concerning. Some of it is exaggerated by conservatives. But let me ask conservatives this. When's the last time we heard anything about the Catholic Church? Are the Catholic Church the only ones allowed to uh, molest children? What, what would you rather, I hate to ask this, what would you rather children be subjected to? Forcible rape by Catholic priests or being taught about homosexuality in third grade? Which one is worse grooming? Do you see there's a little bit of a selective outrage all over the place? And of course, the left, you know, Democrats, whatever it is, the social justice warriors, if they're still called that, the woke left, they're equally, um, if not more, selective with their outrage. I understand all that. And what do you do? So what do you do uh, with Twitter? Like what's Elon Musk? What can he do with Twitter if it becomes a complete free for all? Because in his uh, letter to the advertisers, he said, you know, dear advertisers, look, I do want to have a place for free speech. But also, we don't want it to be complete free for all. People can be able to select, you know, if they want it to be like family friendly or completely uncensored. Okay, so if people go with the uncensored version of Twitter, which everybody will, every adult will, because they want to see what's happening in on Twitter, they want to see what's happening in the culture, you're going to have people, um, you know, actual Nazis, not just, you know, people who made a joke once, but like actual Nazis. You're going to have actual fascists, authoritarians who wish to, you know, they've got questions about World War II. They've got questions about the death count. And, you know, they're, they, they, they're, they're saying, you know, maybe the Jews who were kicked out of all those countries through history, maybe they had it coming. They're just asking questions, right? So what are you going to do when these people are, you know, suggesting that the Jews are orchestrating um, everything around us and that the only way out of this is, is for this Christian nation to identify its own Christianity and to expel non-believers, such as the aforementioned Jews. Uh, you could say, okay, well, yeah, everyone should have free speech. Okay, then Twitter just becomes a dump. Twitter then becomes, you know, bitshoot.com. You go to bitshoot, it's like they, they don't curate. So not only do they allow everyone to speak their mind, but they don't curate content. So whatever gets the most views is right there at the top. And you see, you know, the top, you know, the video the Jews don't want you to see about World War II. That's like that type of thing. Everything's Satan, Jews, pedophiles, and, you know, just name the conspiracy theory and it's trending on BitChute. So is that going to be Twitter or is Twitter 
going to say, okay, you know what, we will allow everyone to speak, but we'll curate content so that the more like agreeable mainstream opinion is trending more than, you know, the, the freaks and conspiracy nuts. And then what do we see then? Then we see the Steven Crowders of the world crying victims saying, oh, so conservatives are being shadow banned. Conservatives are being curated against. So you think there's really the, the social media companies, they're really damned if they do, damned if they don't. If they want to have any sort of uh, practice standards, right? Like they don't want to allow pornography. Now they're, oh, they're a publisher. Oh, they're, you know, they're, they're controlling us. And yeah, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whenever I was a kid, I can't even keep track anymore. Um, being anti-explicit language and anti-pornography and, you know, anti-violent entertainment was, that was like the type of quote censorship. And though some of it actually was coming from the government level, so it was properly called censorship. But, you know, generally when people were looking to boycott or put pressure on record labels, studios or distributors, it was, you know, against pornography and, and, and indecency. Today, it's, of course, you know, you have uh, people, you know, crying, accusing each other of being racist. And uh, you have conservatives accusing everyone of being the left. So just like anyone who you don't like, either if you're if you're on the left, you can just call everybody racist. And if you're on the right, you just call everybody the left. Anyone who doesn't like you is must be a leftist cancel culture mob. So Alex Jones was the, the victim of cancel culture, right? It can't possibly be the fact that he bought, brought grief to the parents of the St Sandy Hook uh, victims. No, no, that's just a blue pill thing to say, right? That's just, you know, what the left would have. So what does the left even mean anymore? So these two political tribes, right? They're not even, they don't even have a philosophical um, categorization. Their differences are truly just tribal. It's like you're either a Democrat or a Republican or substitute the word Democrat with leftist and Republican with conservative, whatever it is. They just they're they're truly tribal. I mean, the fact that vaccines have have come to be seen as a leftist thing, vaccines are a leftist thing now. And um, uh, what's what's like another uh, development that's happened? I don't know. I guess some would say like being sort of uh, pro war has become like more common among the left. But that's a bit of a trickier one. Um, but yeah, like the fact that like vaccines and um, accusing the, you know, uh, alleging that the election was stolen. That's, you know, the, that's um, okay. Being anti-vax as well as uh, alleging that the election was stolen. These are just like, makes you a right winger, right? Um, and the right, they use it the same way. Anyone who disagrees, anyone who thinks that Joe Biden was legitimately elected must be on the left. And anyone who's vaccinated and thinks vaccines are demonstrably safe and effective is on the left. So like, what, what is, what do vaccines have to do with actual uh, political philosophy, right? Like what do, where, where's the ideology coming from? Is there any ideology at play here? All right. Um, so um, all of this to say, like, what's Elon Musk actually going to do? Even if Elon Musk has the best of intentions, which, you know, he seems like a very benevolent and nice guy. He, he, he has no idea what he's getting himself into. And it's only a matter of time. I predict before he's seen as the establishment, you know, this is just like what happens in electoral politics, election politics, right? Every time there's a new populist type of either left populist or right populist, a new politician on the scene, who's talking about, Oh, like all oh, the Washington doesn't listen to you, you know, or like the state, legislature, they don't listen to you, right? Or whoever, whatever level, you know, whether it's local or federal, 
Oh, the, those fat cats in Washington, they don't listen to you. I'm here to listen to you. And people go, oh, finally, someone who's going to listen to me. Finally, someone who's not just doing it, you know, to, to line their own pockets. And then what happens if the person's elected sooner or later, you realize they're not actually changing the system. And it's not because they're corrupt. It's not because they're all are. It's not that they all are in it for their own uh, financial interest. It really is that this is what a lobby system brings about when you have conflicting interests, when you have a government whose job it is to basically distribute favors and to pick winners and losers, somebody's going to lose. Um, so unless the politician is challenging the lobby system itself and spoiler alert, if that's what the politician is doing, he's not appealing to as nearly as many people, It's basically me and the handful of you who even want that person in because most people, they want the lobby system. They just want to be the one receiving favors. You know, they want the people to be receive favors rather than corporations. And, you know, and here on uh, social media, we have, um, you know, this vo this uh, this uh, messianic figure, Elon Musk. Oh, he's going to fix social media, right? He's going to fix Twitter. He's going to make it right. You know, I mean, what can he do, really? The whole system is set up in a way. So we're we've got a bunch of incoherent um, tribalists, each pointing the finger at the other side, accusing them of some something hyperbolic. And for Twitter to exist, it needs to have some kind of standard or else it just becomes a complete you know, hardcore porn site with, you know, with, um, you know, snuff film footage on it. So if they have some standards, then whoever is, is sort of on that cutting edge, whoever's on that edge where they're being sort of either curated shadow banned or just completely banned, those guys, they, they can play victim. And given that, uh, conservative media and, or conservative social media, it's certainly the media as well, like Tucker Carlson on Fox, because they become full-time charlatans, who they take every instance of reprimanding on social media and they, you know, say this is the left and cancel culture and, you know, and it's a branch of the government. We're just going to see the same thing happening over and over again. And then and that's just, you know, that's just if the website just wants to have basic standards. What if the website wants to prosper? You know, what if Elon Musk wants to see Twitter getting a lot of advertisers? You think Coca-Cola wants to advertise on a website with, you know, um, actual Nazis? And I know, look, by the way, people say like, oh, well, you know, the left, your Democrats, they've got communist skeletons in their closet. Does, first of all, does that mean that Nazis should be any less condemned? So if, if communists are not being sufficiently condemned, does that mean Nazis should also not be condemned? But also I'll point out, this is the battle. The fact that the, the reason communists are not universally condemned is philosophy. It's because altruism is still the default or the de facto ethical standard. And so people still have a hard time condemning communism, no matter how many people suffered and died at the hands of the communist system or, or the communists. It's still, it's always been um, presented as something for the, the weak and powerless for the meek and and a, it's a communism was seen as a system that does not permit selfishness, right? You can't be some selfish bourgeoisie billionaire, you know, businessman, right? It's for the collective good. So altruism, collectivism, group, sort of group uh, consciousness. That's another thing that uh, needs to be identified and challenged in the philosophy um, battlefield. And as long as those battles are not won, we're going to see communism being 
being given a pass. So what is the answer then? Is the answer to really take philosophy seriously and to change the world that way? Or is the answer to then give a pass to Nazis and fascists and people who are openly saying they want what they would like to replace America's liberal democracy, loosely categorizing it, with actual authoritarianism, because at least then we would have order, right? Order is better than what the left are doing. Like I mentioned uh, the other day, conservatives, uh, they've realized that liberty is at odds with their values. And in some cases, their values are reasonable. You know, in some cases, the conservatives are right to be freaked out by what they see from leftists and what Democrats are willing to go along with. They have, in some cases, they have reason to feel that way or to think that way. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like the, the bed that they helped make, you know, at the end of the day, uh, conservatives like the rest of the mainstream, uh, they have failed to embrace real individualism, to embrace real capitalism, to embrace reason, to support good causes in the field of philosophy. They've embraced monarchy. They've embraced uh, nationalism. They've embraced uh, elements of socialism. They have embraced religion in politics. And these are not ingredients in the recipe of success. Let's look at uh, the super chat. Marilyn, thank you for the $2. Marilyn with two more dollars says she likes my analysis. Thank you. I like your super chat. Uh, Robert with 269 says my house, my rules, your house or site, your rules. Well, there you go. Simple enough. The conflation of political power with economic power is just an ongoing thing we see. It's uh, and if you read Ayn Rand's uh, Atlas Shrugged at the end of the very long speech by the hero, uh, he mentioned something about it. If you continue conflating economic power with political power, like you're only going to see this get worse, something like that, something about conflating economic power with political power. So much of this chaos, so much of this mess we find ourselves in today sort of has to do with people conflating political power with economic power. And I know the more coherent of these villains will point out, yeah, because companies and the government are in cahoots. And what's your solution to that? Mine is to divorce them. Mine is to have a limited government limited to a very particular task of protecting lives, that is, protect you from force and fraud and protect your right to speak and, you know, handle your own property, protect your right to do that. Nothing beyond that. No subsidies, no favors of any kind, no punishing the other industry, no anything, none of that. No breaking up big tech. If big tech wants to censor you, so to speak, um, they certainly have that right. And, you know, let the market deal with them. Bradley with 249. Thank you for that. All right. That's 249 euros, by the way. That's the good kind, right? In terms of uh, conversion to um, USDs. Marilyn with five more dollars says Twitter had better be profitable considering what Musk paid for it, which will require some kind of standards. Yeah. I mean, everything I've said today is more or less just about how uh, if if Elon wants to please everyone, like how can he even try to do it? But it's I mean, yeah, he wants to make money, right? He's 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 not. Well, no, he says he bought Twitter to promote free speech. OK, he spent 40 billion or, or something like that to promote free speech. OK, fine. That's how much he believes in free speech. But how do you even how what does free speech even look like on something like Twitter uh, and a, a Twitter that normal people still want to use? Right. That mainstream like agreeable, like uh, polite society wants anything to do with. 
what does a free speech quote free speech twitter even look like um in that way it went with that being the case um and then yeah but if he does want to make money right if elon musk wants to make money if he wants advertisers you know he needs to ask himself why is it when you look on these alternative um media alternative news rumble.com etc you have nothing but uh you know um boner pills excuse my language and snake oil being advertised right you don't see uh state farm insurance advertising on rumble.com i i haven't just generally speaking you don't see like reputable companies and reputable products advertising on junky websites you got to really um you got to uh, ask yourself, how is this even meant to work? All right, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Bonnie in the chat says, great point. And Bonnie was asking the other day about this painting behind me. And then as the episode was wrapping, I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. Are we still on the air? And then we weren't on the air. So yeah, it's a Brian Larson uh, print. It's not a painting. It's it's a print of a painting. I imagine the, the original painting is quite more expensive. Uh, and then uh, farther back, you can see, uh, like by the same artist, a little boy also looking out, out what appears to be like a window in a skyscraper, but it's like futuristic, you know, the buildings they're looking at are like, I don't think like anything we've ever seen. They're like among the clouds. It's very, very nice and inspiring stuff. Um, but oftentimes the way the camera is situated, because, you know, right now I've got too much headroom. I've realized once we went live, normally all you really see is like her bottom half. It's, it's kind of a weird angle. Let's be honest. It's like, I'm talking to you and there's like a butt right next to me. It's a little bit awkward, but uh, pardon the pun. I mean, what am I going to do? Redecorate the room, you know, rearrange my art and, de and decor or what? Move the camera somewhere else. I mean, this is where I stand and work. So this is where the camera is going to be. What are we going to do about that? It's mostly fine. But then like when there's those um, YouTube shorts, right? That's just like you just see like me and the butt and that's it. All right. Thank you all for joining us today. Um, we got a uh, thank you, Kathleen, for two pounds saying happy Friday, folks. Yeah, today is Friday. Isn't that nice? All right. Uh, and uh, I think we basically covered this uh, in conclusion today. Like even if Elon Musk wants to promote free speech, what does that even look like on Twitter without Twitter becoming a complete, excuse my language, a shit show? That's point number one. Point number two. The people who are crying for free speech the loudest are the types of people who will never be satisfied. One of the reasons being they have a vested interest in pretending to be censored all the time. Point number two is they conflate economic with political power. And so if, if websites do discriminate in any way, that's, you know, censorship, quote unquote. And another uh, aspect of it is, um, I mean, they're just straight up lying. Did I make that point already? They're just, they just, uh, they're, yeah. They have a vested interest in in pretending to be censored all the time. And they're just I mean, all of this, the sort of encompassing sort of overarching umbrella of a point here is just without a good philosophy, without a coherent worldview, people end up constantly feeling like victims, constantly uh, coming up with conspiracy theories to explain what's going on around them. And so Twitter, who at one point, you know, Silicon Valley was seen as the savior of you know individual expression today they are seen as the enemy of individual of, of expression shouldn't say individual because nobody except for me and like five other people on earth are even talking about individualism anymore but you get my point 
the the good guys yesterday are the bad guys tomorrow. Elon Musk, in all likelihood, is sooner or later just going to be seen as the enemy of you know the populist crowd. And uh, and as time passes, who even knows what's going to come of conservatives and the populists? You know, it's quite possible that ten years from now, the Democrat Party is like the the edgy party again, or like they're the rebellious ones again. I know it's hard for you to wrap your mind around that right now, but uh, look ten years behind us, look twenty years behind us. Uh, things change. Things definitely change. I just hope um, wh whichever political party is in power moves us closer to capitalism, closer to individual liberty, bring back abortion rights from coast to coast, and um, protect free speech from coast to coast, and uh, increase economic freedom. I understand uh, we're not going to have laissez-faire capitalism anytime soon. But I hope uh, the more we move in that direction, the, first of all, the less damage is done to people's lives and the more people, the more good people are able to pursue good lives. I uh, hope on that inspiring note, we can call it a wrap. Thank you all for joining us today. Coming up at 7 p.m. UK time, which is in uh, 35 minutes, it's Finance Friday with Jim Brown on, quote, be careful what you wish for. Oh, yeah. You let that genie out of the bottle. I mean, that kind of uh, rings true with the internet, right? Like, can we just put this internet back where it came from? Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, Saturday, which is tomorrow at 4 p.m. UK time, it's Productivity Hub with Nikos Sotirakopoulos on productivity lesson from Howard Rourke for ARC UK members. The session will also be live streamed for YouTube members. Link in the chat. So if you're not a member of this channel, you truly have failed. I'm kidding. Uh, you should really consider joining because not only uh, does it give you access to more exclusive content and life enriching stuff, but uh, you know, it helps the network exist. You know, the, uh, the lights on are, um, you know, not going to keep themselves. You get my point. We need your support. Thank you all for joining us today. Uh, have a wonderful weekend. And leave us a like on the video on YouTube and leave us a thanks. Hit the thanks button. Leave us uh, a few dollars or whatever currency you have as a way to support the channel. Thank you and goodbye.